Welcome to the show, the Todd Barry Podcast. Wow. Liz Mealy is my guest tonight, or today, whenever you're listening. I've known Liz a while. I've always admired Liz. She works really hard, and she's really funny, and she's, uh, she's good, and she's got some interesting stuff. She books like whole world tours by herself, and then goes away for months. So we talked about a lot of that. Speaking of touring, oh my God. I'm going on tour, and I have some dates coming up. Hopefully, uh, you can come to one of these. Why don't you come to the one in Phoenix, Greensboro, North Carolina, Copenhagen, Oslo, Prague, Berlin, New York City, Springfield, Missouri, San Francisco, Honolulu, and Kaihai, Hawaii. You can look those dates up. I saved a lot of time by not saying the date before the city. Probably didn't save much time, especially with this additional thing that I'm doing right now. Anyway, we'll be right back with Liz Mealy. Liz, welcome back. Welcome back. Well, weren't you just on the road for- Oh, yeah, I thought you meant to the podcast. (laughs) No, you've never been on my podcast. Yeah, no, fuck this podcast. Yeah, whoa. (laughs) We're we're hitting the ground running. Um, Thank you, yeah. How long were you away? um, I was- I was overseas. I was in Asia and Australia for a month and a half. Then I came home for all of two days, and then I went to the South, and I just got back yesterday from the South. Man. Were you, so you were gone six weeks? Yes. It was, it was bad. It was bad? Why it was, was great. It was, I'm, I'm glad I went. Um, I'm just, I'm struggling to, you know, reacclimate. Reacclimate? Is that a yeah, word? Yeah, I think that's. Acclimate? I think, I think reacclimate is a word. Yeah. If it isn't, then that. shame on you for yeah. using a word that doesn't exist. Shame on me. I'm a rapper now. That's that's <laughs> that's what they do. Um, so you went to, where did you go? Now give me specifics everywhere right. you went. Singapore, Philippines, Malaysia, Thailand. Oh, and man. then um, in Australia, I was in Tasmania, Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne. Wow. And you booked this whole thing yourself? Uh, all the Asia stuff. Um, I did a tour in Pakistan uh, last April, uh-huh. and the booker from Pakistan lives in Singapore and books the show in Singapore. Okay. So he helped me with the kind of Asia tour. Right. And then Australia, I started booking it myself, but I didn't realize my UK agents um, take care of Australia, so they kind of took it over and they booked most of uh, Australia. Did you say, hey, I don't think Australia's in the UK? Yeah, exactly. I was no, like, uh, no well, commission. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's exactly what I said. I'm the boss. So, how are the shows? Um, Asia, I was surprised. I was really um, kind of terrified because it just feels like such culture shock, and I don't. I'm not. I don't know. I barely know anything about America, let alone other places, and yeah. it just felt so foreign. So, I was really worried about the shows there, but they were all great. I would say some of them were like seventy percent. Um, uh, uh, locals and some of them were the opposite where it'd be like 70% expats so I, I got a weird kind of range like um, the Philippines was mostly locals uh, Malaysia uh, was mostly expats and they even said that's weird for them like th- it must have been because I was a US comic and they don't get a lot of US comics uh-huh. anybody that was from the US or Europe just was like oh my god a white person let's right. see her um, but 
they were there was still a fair amount of mix and they were they were surprised i was the most nervous i've been in a while for those i would think so i'd be nervous yeah just because like i don't feel like i have a lot of cultural references right um i mean the thing that the advantage we have as americans is that most of Europe and Asia and and Australia take in so much American television and movies, mm. and then also being a New Yorker, everything's pl- the, the plot and the, the the location of everything is like New York or L.A. You don't really have to explain much. Like I can say the subway, and nobody's like, "What's the right. subway?" Right. Like, um, even like you know, I, I I have one little line that I say Marvel movies. Like everybody everybody around the world has seen our Marvel movies. Like right. that's it's so universal. So I think you have an advantage as an American um, traveling to these countries because your references aren't going to throw them off. And then our accent isn't weird to them because again they're taking in so much American television. Yeah, I don't movies. worry about the accent. I worry about the references though when I go overseas. But I don't. I talk about myself mostly. Right. Like I don't really have. Well, like if you, you know what a different. cat is, you have half my act. <laughs> like there's no. <laughs> we'll be getting to cats in a little bit. Yeah, please let's. Are your headphones messed up? It just sounds like I'm in a cloud. Uh, hey, that's because you're you're on my podcast. It's, yeah, it's no, kind of a dreamy just, experience. I don't. Yeah, I think I, I need help. Uh oh. <laughs> bring in, bring in, make the sound. Let's. Make, oh, is it this? Let's oh. make this entertaining so we don't have to edit this out. You're fine. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> got banned on it. So I, I used to talk. do this at home, and this I would have no one to help me. Yeah, no, I could see how that might be. I like doing it in a pro facility. No, this is I like. Are both. you better? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what were we just talking about? Cats. Oh yeah, the reference. Because I find like when you go, I go overseas. I like oh, there's certain things that immediately jump out of my act. Like oh, they don't probably don't have that. Ch- you know, they don't have CVS over there or something. But those but are easy fixes. Those are easy fixes. But then there are others where you like, I don't notice until I'm about to say something like, oh, oh my God, here we go. I'm Oh, I'm about to say, I don't know if they call it a dumpster here. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, porter potties, I've learned, is not in the Europe. In Europe, they don't call them porter potties. And it's like it, you're actually referencing like a kid's bathroom, oh. I think, when you say porter potty. But like I think for it's porto potty, by the way. Maybe that's that was your problem. Everybody says porter porter potty porter potty is no, that wrong? No, porter potty. I've never said it said it differently. Oh well, I think you should go back to Asia and redo these jokes. Yeah, yeah, I'll let them know. I've just been they'll spreading be like, lies. They'll be like, I, oh, porter potty. Yeah, we get that one. I assume I'm spreading American lies everywhere really? I go. Yeah, of course. <sighs> I make up words. I'm dyslexic. I'm ruining. Are like, you dyslexic? Oh, very. Yeah, I'm sure I'm just doing everything wrong, and then I think. Whatever they think of America as being like dumb or selfish or bad people, I think I'm just continuing to like, they're like, yeah, we see it now. Like, right. huh. <laughs> I'm a bad influence, is what yeah, I'm saying. I shouldn't be allowed out of the country. And I go over there and they're like, oh, Liz, Liz fucked it up for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liz Mealy, yeah, she was here and we don't like Americans anymore. I mean, we didn't, yeah, I mean, we liked well, that, it even less. Well, that was the funniest part. So, like, I was really nervous for Asia and then it went well. And then, you know, then I, was going to be in Australia again, a place I've never been before. And I was going to be there for oh, a you've month. you've never been to Australia? Never been. Uh-huh. So I was starting to get nervous about that. And I was talking to, um, uh, do you remember Kelly Festuca? She oh, was Australian. Know. She was here for like six years. She used to do Bobby Kelly's podcast a lot. Okay. I'm but she's, sure I've met her. She's her. from Australia. So she, she moved back to Melbourne. So like I was confiding in her. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And what if they, she's like, they love Americans. You'll be fine. They love. I was like, I don't even love Americans. Right. Like, I wouldn't even consider. I don't consider myself American. I consider myself East Coast or a New Yorker. Well, I think 
actually being a New Yorker, you get a little pass on I do on anti-Americanism. Absolutely, I like th- everyone. Lo- everyone yeah, is yeah, enamored yeah. with a n- New York. And I think level. I think if you've been here, you understand that we're in a bubble. Right. And we didn't we didn't do anything. We murder people, but that's like the meanest thing we do here. Like I know, it's a, just we just murder. People. Just like murder, but like we have like great policies. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's getting heavy on the top of podcast. <laughs> we have great policies. Wow, I stand by that. Do you? Um, so, where was the first country you did on the overseas? So like, how far? I'm curious about the little, like, the nuts and bolts of this. Like, you, so you fly over to where? Did, where was Singapore? The first? I started with Singapore. Okay. I did two shows in Singapore. How early did you get to Singapore? Uh, midnight, the day before. The day before? Or no, technically the day of, if it was midnight. So yeah, like. So you landed midnight, and then. And then I was like up until four, especially because the the Booker's a night owl, and we like kind of hung out and talked. Uh-huh. Then I slept until maybe seven in the morning like I, the jet lag is ridiculous right. and then i wanted to see singapore it was only going to be there for two days one of my best friends from college is from singapore so he like told me places to go uh-huh. and so i i walked 10 miles the first day just trying to see as much as i could and that night you did a show and then that night i did oh a show my God. and then again i couldn't sleep that night i think i slept like three hours then i walked around again a bunch the next day did another show and then of course by the time I got to the Philippines when I was in the Philippines I walked around a little bit the booker like took me out for lunch and stuff and then I was waiting to go on stage and I fell asleep waiting to go on stage I was so tired like 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 there was like a back room it wasn't really a green room there was a back room and I set an alarm to vibrate to wake myself up because I was like I just need 10 minutes I just yeah. need 10 minutes. and then I had to do an hour and it that was one of the ones that was like 70% local uh, and I was like terrified and they were the best it's, really? it's one thing to have to do like 20 or 30 minutes it's another thing to be like I have to do an hour and I have no idea if any of this is going to hit right. but they were they were awesome and it was really fun and but I was I was so t- like that was you know, like even in America, when you're doing like city, 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 like every every day, it's exhausting. But like I'm jet lagged, then I'm trying to be a tourist because I don't know if I'm ever going to be uh-huh. here again. And then I'm doing shows, and I think anxiety and nerves. And then by the time I was done this tour, um, when I went to Tasmania, where it was half tour, like I did one show, and then I was there for a wedding. Um, in Tasmania. In Tasmania, my wow. my boyfriend's father they're american but my boyfriend's father moved to tasmania 15 years ago for a job and then started a family Man, you have a wedding wedding in tasmania yeah i wouldn't expect anyone to show up yeah yeah, yeah well sorry about that i'm not gonna be rsvp on the yeah. tasmanian wedding well that's how this whole tour started <laughs> i was like how am i gonna pay to go out there and right. like you know it's one thing you're, you're not gonna go out there for oh, a, yeah, a you weekend to write the whole thing off yeah, just I've, I've done that. I book tours around weddings, destination yeah. weddings. Yeah, because it, it now it doesn't like now you don't have to hate that person because I got an experience. Yeah, and it's I pretty much the whole thing was paid for. Like all my flights were paid for. Like everything got paid for, and I was able to have this like kind of almost week off in the middle of my tour, which I need. I got super sick like two days in. It was probably the sickest I've been. What do you do when you get sick on the road? That's the worst. Well, this was the weird thing is usually when you're sick on the road, you're by yourself and you can just be gross and sad by yourself, which Uh I kind of prefer. Like I'm a little bit like a cat. Like when cats get sick, they hide or they run away because they almost are like, there's almost like shame inside them where like, I don't want you to see me sad and gross. And I'm kind of the same way. And this was really hard because I was, um, so I was with my boyfriend's family and they were cooking and I started to feel really nauseous uh-huh. and my head started to hurt and I started to feel dizzy and I thought, oh, maybe I'm just hungry. Like I haven't eaten all day. And so we walked over to his sister's place and I immediately was like, I'm going to throw up and I don't want to throw up in front of 
his family. Right. And so what I just do you would, like to throw up in front? You know, just like, you know, <laughs> animals and other people, just uh-huh. like people that can't tell on me. Okay. But I immediately was like, oh, no, I'm going to throw up. So I walk up to his sister. All I say is, can I have the keys? Because it was like we were in walking distance where we were staying. And she's like, sure. And then his dad follows me. And he's like, where are you going? And I was like, I don't feel good. Like, that's all I said to him. I was like, I don't feel good. And I walk over and I just like crawl into the bed. And next thing I know, I'm like, like shivering. Uh-huh. Like, like I have these chills and I can't stop. Like, I, was, I thought I was going to just like sleep off the nausea. Yeah. And next thing I know, I'm just like, like. My head is pounding. I feel super nauseous, and I had these chills. And eventually, like his dad's a doctor, came over. Oh, wow, like, that worked out. Oh, it was the best. His mom's a nurse, or his stepmom's a nurse. His dad's a doctor. Wow. His sister's like a nurse. Like everybody is like, it's the best place to get right. sick. So they all like threw drugs and like electrolytes at me and all that stuff, and I felt better within like a couple of hours. But I was like, I think that one would have scared me if I was by myself. Yeah, I've been to like sketchy. Uh clinics on the road like yeah like sort of yeah urgent care type places we were sketchy like, how we're just serious like you just get a feeling like oh i might be getting sicker by what in this yeah, yeah, room. yeah don't touch anything yeah <laughs> yeah or just yeah the doctors are kind of questionable sometimes yeah. i mean i know that's not all of them but like their plaques are ripped so you can't see their full like, you know they don't they don't they're not wearing gloves as they're touching you or something <laughs> looking just sticking your their finger in your mouth or something i mean i'm exaggerating yeah. a little bit for uh Hilarious effect. Well, uh, Australia, when I got my um, my workers visa, they you had to tell them that you had insurance. Like they don't want you coming and like using their insurance or whatever. Right. So you had to like I had to tell them that I had insurance, and then I had to call my insurance company, and I found out that I was like, oh, I technically have insurance overseas. It basically is like I think you have to, right? They don't. They're not gonna. It's like out of pocket, so I would still have to pay for it. But then whatever is my out of network thing gets applied to if I get sick in Australia. Right. But if I went to the emergency room in Australia, it would be covered, which I was like, oh, this is the time to do I it. I know, man. You have to take care of everything, man. Yeah. Let's get some open heart surgery. Yeah, I'm ready. Do you? Let's talk about that flight to Singapore. Oh, I just take drugs. No, that's not what I was going to ask you. Oh, I was but like, I, I, I'm not conscious that. for on any of it. Really? Yeah, I try not to be. I Was it a non, did you get a non-stopper? I think there's actually a non-stop to Singapore. Yeah, there? I think I did. I think that's exactly what I did. Wow. I, at this point, it's all a blur. Was it Singapore Airlines? No, I have um, I have points with American I- Airlines, and they team up with other things. Yeah, I know the plea. Yeah, <laughs> telling me about this. That's <laughs> all I talk about. Yeah, <laughs> we start throwing down yeah. our cards. That's eighty percent of my. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually where I keep all of my value and worth is in frequent flyer miles. <laughs> so you have my so, assets. If I die, I'm just like, can I give my frequent flyer miles to my family? Give them to your cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they can just see the world. Do you um? Let's get back into this flight, though. Yeah, please. Did you fly economy? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. What about me says that I'm like first class going to Singapore? Just you as a person. Yeah, just- You're a first class person. I flew first class once, and it was because um, uh, the points, we, we booked it so late. Me and my boyfriend were going to Japan. We booked it so late that it was about the same amount of points. Like yeah. it, it was only like, I think, 5,000 more oh, points. Oh, man, to, to go fly. first class? Oh, and we were children. I mean, like- chilled like high-fiving they like handed us a bowl of ice cream and we're like what i know it's exciting (laughs) and then you and then you kind of wish you never did that because you can't go back like every now every time i pass and i think it was like business i don't even think it was like completely first class but like every time you go past that you're like that was me once right i I, I think i i actually knew someone who used to like he didn't ever want to fly first class because he knew he wouldn't be able to get it all the time yeah no it's it's i mean it's quite heartbreaking especially because i flew so I flew first class 
to Japan and then on the way home it was economy which wasn't too bad I yeah. sat next to like this father and his son and they were really funny and it actually ended up being like kind of a nice flight but um, I did economy to Pakistan which is just as long and I was sitting next to this woman that was so fidgety uh-huh. like before the flight even takes off she's like her feet are in like my side of like I'm by the window they're like in my section she's like taking off her shoes she's like putting her foot up I mean she was so fidgety that I was like and you know they're they're it's a Middle Eastern woman and her husband and I was just like this might turn into a hate crime I was like this is gonna look bad if I snap at this woman and I was like I don't know if I could take this so I took the drug like before I try not to take drugs before the flight takes off because I heard horror stories where you take a sleeping pill and then the flight doesn't take off and they deplane it and then you're all like oh, groggy yeah, yeah, and you don't yeah. know who you you're are asleep. but I was like I might murder this woman so I took the drug and then I woke up a couple hours later and she must have switched seats with the guy which I was so thankful for because he actually sat and didn't move but I ended up waking up going to the bathroom went back and I slept for 10 hours like what? I don't want to be conscious for a 14 hour flight what is this drug that you take it's I've never a, the, taken anything for a long flight. Oh, you have to. It's magic. I'm assuming this is how celebrities die in their sleep. Like that's how strong it is. It's like the benzo. It's like the benzo whatever family. It's like it's not Xanax, but it's in the family of Xanax. Although I do have a bunch of Xanax. I don't like. I'm not. I've taken Xanax for panic attacks twice, uh-huh. and they're like emergency situations where I'm like I'm like I'm not okay. Uh, but for the most part, you just breathe through the panic attacks and you you know find your spirits. I don't know what to do, but for the most part, I try not to take drugs. But for for flights, it's become a, do I want to be miserable for 14 hours? So you go to your doctor and say, oh, no. oh you don't go to your doctor? <laughs> you go to your friend Pete? Um, so my boyfriend's given me a bunch. Don't even know where he gets them. And then my mom. That's good. You my definitely mo- want to take something that you don't know where it came from. Of course. I, dude, are you kidding me? I have I have jokes about that. I bought it like, Washington Square Park. It's got to be the real deal, right? No. I. You have to understand, like. I didn't grow up taking drugs. My parents are vets. I know that. Yeah. So veterinarians. Veterinarians. So we got drugs for free. So like my mom's giving me my Xanax. I don't know if she got it from her doctor. I don't know if she just has it. I don't know. I just all I know is I told my mom I wasn't feeling great and she gave me a butt ton of Xanax. And did she give you the stuff you need? Your boyfriend got you the other stuff. The whatever. yeah, whatever he gave me, and I had to, I was like googling it just to because I took it. Like he gave it to me, didn't ask any questions. I took it. I slept for eleven hours on a flight, and I was like, "This is how people die." I was like, right. "What is?" I was like, "It's great, but what is this?" And I looked it up, and as long as you don't abuse it, like I'm taking this three times a year on a plane. Uh huh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. Do you drink? No. Okay. I don't do I don't do anything for fun. Right. So being able to sleep through a long flight is like it's a party. I was gonna say I feel like the drinking and the pills is when that's when celebs die. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I'm no. an expert on celebs. Yeah, I know. I I've seen all your vlogs. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not fun. I don't do anything not, fun. Yeah, I'm not fun. And, yeah, and, no, and, I thought that's how that's we got the along. Definition of fun. <laughs> and I'm not funny. So okay, so you, you got the American Miles. Yeah. Okay. Did you, when you were awake on the plane, do you, uh, you watch a movie? It depends. I won't watch a crappy movie just to watch a crappy movie. It's got to be the perfect level of, it can't be so crappy where you're just like, oh, this is crappy. It's I've, I've, I've put it on 10 minutes in and been like, absolutely not. Like yeah. I can, I can watch a pretty bad rom-com. Like on the way to Singapore, I watched Crazy Rich Asians because I was like, I need to do oh, that's research. Good. That's a good <laughs> It's movie. a bad movie. Oh, you didn't like that movie? It is so bad. Really? It's, it's a rom-com. So if, it, if you're looking at it as just a rom-com, it is on par with how bad most rom-coms are. But it was funny because like, I don't know if people were joking, but they were like, why wasn't it, you know, why didn't it get an Oscar? And you're just like, because it's not good. Like, really? It's not 
well written. It's not great acting. I mean, I'm happy for all the you know, people that were in it and that it was an all Asian cast and it was like this big deal. That's awesome. But it's not good. You know what I think? I mean, I like the movie, but yeah. I also saw it in the theater. And yeah. I think that one, because I actually felt, oh, I'm kind of at this wedding. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe like the full. kind of feel a little more immersed in, the, in like another culture. Yeah, I guess. I'm I kind of wanted these. to read the book because I bet you the book is, I, I mean, I know that's like that old Jim Gaffigan joke where it's like the book was much better. Yeah. But like, I, I do probably think the book was probably a better read and kind of made you more immersed in like just kind of the scandal and and yeah. but I was watching it and I was like don't get me wrong I cried like I oh, definitely like, oh yeah of course I cried um, I'm a girl I, I think was, you should have said that earlier <laughs> a lot of people mad at you right now for yeah not but that it's movie. it's it's not it's not like it's not good okay <laughs> but I'm I finished it you so that's better the there are a couple of movies that I just was like no I'd rather sit and stare out a window than watch this movie I feel like a thriller is good on a flight but not an action one because I don't love action films I like um I like so I watched like the um Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary oh, that's good. yeah documentaries are that good. was great I cried during that too yeah. um uh I like kids movies, so that's some, sometimes really? I get embarrassed. Oh my god! Like the Lego movies, I watched the Lego Batman movie. Um, I watched um, what was the last Pixar movie? Coco. I watched Coco for a second time. I love that movie. Um, I think there's like a lot of kids movies that I like catch up on my kids movies. So you got on this flight, you get you open their little menu and you see the Lego movie, and you're and like, I'm like, here yes, we go, yes. Wow, 100%. and you watched the entire Lego movie? Yeah, I actually think I missed the last 10 minutes because my flight landed, and I was oh, like, ah, why me? You said, I, well, can't we be in the, f this flight was only been in the air for 20 hours, I, I'm, wanting, yeah. I'm not ready to leave. I didn't time it correctly. Um, I Yeah, I like I love like a good kid's movie, not like yeah. where it's just like Pratt Falls the whole time. But I mean, I don't... I don't do too well with like violence and being on a plane doesn't make me feel more safe. Right. Um, aisle or window? Window. I like to sleep. Really? I'm See, a sleeper. I, I find like that's a, that's a, that whole thing of like leaning against the window, it's almost torture. I almost feel like it's it's worse than not having that window because you get the feeling, oh, I'm going to lean against this window. It's going to be great. So how do you sleep in the aisle seat? Just like. I uh, just, just, uh, just sleep poorly, I guess. Yeah, no, I can't. I, I do that like old man head fall thing, and it just it makes me angry. And I'm short enough that I can actually sleep on the tray table. Have you tried like I've tried a series of neck pillows that all are. There's that one that the turtle that I I use. Oh, the please tell you me know, about the one? turtle. It's actually, it's just like a wrap around your neck, and it prevents the head from jerk. doing. Yeah. But it's it doesn't feel super pillowy. Like I oh is it oh it's like the ra I've seen the commercials yeah, yeah, for that yeah. and it's just supposed to kind of keep your right. But I, I you know I always see those weirdos who bring like a full their home pillow on yeah. the flight. But then you're like I kind of get it. I did it. I did it. I would say as disgusting as it seems. It's, it's super gross. I did it. This is probably when I first started touring. So maybe like nine years ago. Uh -huh. I was like I'll just bring my I like I'm such my father. I'm like I'm not gonna pay twenty dollars for like a smaller crappier pillow i'm just gonna bring my pillow yeah and it was great but then you do start to i don't think i'm a germaphobe at all by any sense of the mean 
But I will say in the last two or three years, I've started to like, after you like shake hands with, with people after a show, like my first thing is like, I wash my hands and like oh, yeah. after flying, I just feel gross and I want to take a shower immediately. Like there's certain things that like now that I travel, like when I come home, I immediately wash my clothes. I'm like, I don't know what they've. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll be in a nice hotel and I'm still like, other people slept in this bed. I just need to wash my clothes. Like, I've started to be a little bit more, like, sensitive to, like, how gross everything is. Yeah. Since I've gotten a little kitten, I've become... uh, Yeah? (laughs) I've sort of... Because I'm kind of germaphobic, but I'm also, like, lazy. I used to do a bit about it. I don't even know if you can be a lazy germaphobe. Well, there's, there's a great bit on my Super Crazy album about Yeah, it. of but course. I memorized the it. Bit. But, uh, but I do find, like, you know, she jumps on the counter. I'm like, I don't immediately wipe the counter. But if I really thought about where those paws have been. Yeah. Oh. I, there is something about owning a pet that all that gets suspended. You have to, or else you'll be wiping your counters every five minutes. Yeah, kids is different. Like, when my niece and nephew, like, are like sneezing in my face. I'm like, you have all the diseases from daycare and right. from school that we need to fix this. But my cat, I'm like, just me and you, buddy. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even think I don't even think you can give me half your diseases. So we'll just share them. <laughs> where did you? Uh, I don't even know where you started comedy. I started here in New York. Yeah, so I grew up in Jersey, um, just about an hour away on the train. So Central Jersey. Don't cough during my story. I'm, try- I'm just trying not to cough. <laughs> Trying not to cough. Uh, could you microphone. focus? I was trying to actually give you room to tell your story by not coughing over. I um, yeah. So I started in Jersey, but the first show I did, I actually did a bringer show at the Comedy Cellar when I was 16 years old. Really? Yeah. So, so I, I would take the train in. Wh- so what was the absolute first place you took? The the cellar. I did a bringer show. That was your first ever. Yeah, set? Dino Bidala hosted oh, wow. my show. They used to do bringer shows. Then. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. That was in 2002. And that was your first. Yeah, my first gig ever, and then it went well enough. I mean, I have the tape. I have the tape. Um, somebody took it from a VHS. And, and what year was this again? I know you 2002, just March 2002. So we're looking at 15. It's going to be 17, 17 years. 17 years this month, which is wow weird. It's definitely weird. And then I started doing it every weekend. I started doing like open mics, and I would come into the city every weekend. And then when I turned 17 and I was a senior in high school, I convinced my parents to let me do it Thursday through Sunday. So I would come in almost like four days in a row. And I started handing out flyers for hot comedy clubs. So uh-huh. I started barking. Um, and so I was getting up like two, three times a night, three, four nights a week. There you go. And then I was doing it in college. Then I get kicked out of ha and I started doing the Laugh Lounge where we started kind of. Yeah, that's um, where I met you. Yeah, so you met me probably when I was like 19. Um, I started doing the Laugh Lounge because I lived I lived on, oh, again, we were close. Uh, I was on ninth and first oh, okay. when I was in college. Um, so it was like a pretty quick walk. She would always call me last minute. She would give me taxi money. Like she would always give me like, you know, 15, 20 bucks. Uh-huh. And like some, and she knew I liked economy candy around the corners. Oh, economy candy's a good place. Yeah. So she would give me like, she knew I liked candy cigarettes and like anything kind of chocolatey. And she would also give me, she would call it taxi money. So it'd range anywhere from 10 to 20 bucks. Let's back up on this. <laughs> candy, cho- candy cigarettes you like the gum ones or the- no no the I you know what's really sad I have them in my bag that is very that's extremely sad <laughs> I, can't I had think them of in my bag because I was in I, where were we we were in me I was opening for Hari Kondabolu and we were in um, 
Asheville, North Carolina, and we were walking around, and there was a candy shop shutting down, and they were just get, pretty much like giving. I think I've been in. The, I had once someone followed me into that candy shop. Really? In Asheville. Yeah. Oh, that's someone, creepy. Not to tell like a story of me getting recognized, but I'm about to. Yeah, go for it. I kind of walked by these people, and I saw a little double take, and then I kept walking. Then I went into the candy shop, and then they mysteriously appeared in the candy. Yeah. It's like you really follow me. Into yeah, candy yeah. Please, shop. unless you're going to buy me all this candy. I'm trying to buy some. Uh, some red hot some <laughs> atomic fireballs, man. I don't want you to know what my preferences are. Okay, so finish your story. I'm sorry. No, no, that was great, great, great story. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, so there was um, uh, there she was closing, so she everything was like on sale, and I was like, oh, I love these, and Harry's like, put it in the pile, and I was like, sweet. So we just bought all this candy like children. I turned to him and I was like, I'm glad we do the same drugs. <laughs> yeah. Because we both love sugar, and we're, like we're both constantly like, he's like, do you want to get ice cream? I was like, we shouldn't. We're not getting ice cream. And then two hours later, I'm like, we should have got ice cream. Yeah, all it takes is someone to go, do you want to get ice cream? And yeah, and then you're like, that is the best yeah, idea. Of course, I just it doesn't seem right to not get the Yeah, ice cream. no, you brought it up and they we're surrounded by ice cream shops. We so you like go. a nice sour candy or you like a... Um, I'm not, that's not my... Pro- I mean, chocolate is, I'm very much a woman in the sense that like chocolate, anything with like peanut butter chocolate have you ever heard of Reese's peanut butter cups I haven't I was like oh my god is there chocolate and peanut butter you know it's my sister makes fun of me because I like I like the holiday versions of most chocolate so you know like the Easter egg yeah. like or like it you know they'll make Reese's into a tree and my sister is like why do you why do you pay like the extra 50 cents for something that technically looks smaller and I was like because it's fresher I go this is because you know like sometimes especially like in New York where you have this bo- like bodega <laughs> what candy a weird, what a weird thing to think of because it's all chemicals like there's nothing fresh right. about candy yeah these are just hot out of the little bucket. but have you ever been burned by like bodega candy where you buy a candy bar and it's like it's like Stale, yeah. yeah it's like white on the outside for some reason you're right. like how long has the Snickers been here right. so like the nice thing is with like like the eggs or like the trees or whatever is like you're like oh this is this has come out at least in the last month or so and there's also to to the point of uh how expensive they are like not the day after easter they ain't oh that's the best i love buying candy after valentine's day i mean i i never think about money but oh my god (laughs) the Uh, deals the deals 50 cents for cadbury eggs let's do this jelly bean time on monday after easter but yeah i would say i would say like any kind of chocolate and that's the cool thing about traveling around the world like when i was in australia one of the comics bought me like all the australian chocolate so uh-huh. we could have like a taste test did you have those tam tams that oh I, tim tams tim oh tams? my god i bought like five boxes to bring home to my family i love them and they have like all the different varieties now i mean my entire fridge is tim tams right now really yeah i love tim tams so you don't you're you have a poor diet no i eat pretty well i would say this i my <laughs> my eating is good i snack hard and I go through phases of not snacking as hard, and I have to actually go through one of those phases because I definitely fell off. But um, I'm I probably eat a cookie every day. Yeah, I'm not eating fifty cookies, but there's a cookie every day. I feel like I deserve a cookie every day. You like a nice? What do you think of a soft? Whole Foods has these ginger, uh, <laughs> vegan ginger cookies that are so good. I don't know but how I feel about. Two hundred forty calories. I think you said the two hundred forty dollars. <laughs> exactly right they're, they're you're actually, like they're pretty they're, they're like gold three, they're 300 dollars. <laughs> but how big is a cookie is it huge is it like it's uh well would you say for size people of at fist? home i'd say it's a good it's bigger good. than a fist four and a half inch cookie maybe wow but it's hard to eat just one of them as as corny as that sounds as lays potato chippy as so that it doesn't sounds. hurt your stomach if it hurts usually it hurting my stomach is what kind why of why would that hurt your stomach a cookie 
just eating a cookie hurts your stomach? Sometimes, yeah. Oh, well, you said that as if that's common knowledge. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, doesn't everyone get a pain? Uh, I guess like get in pain from eating cookies. No, I guess no, that's, that's not. Weird. I do have I have stomach problems, so just about okay. everything hurts my stomach. But I still do it because I'm a trooper. Okay. <laughs> so let's go yeah, I, I was. But Tim Tams, they should know that Tim Tams are like a little bigger than an Oreo. So yeah. if you have one Tim Tam a day. I was once at the Philadelphia Punchline, and for some reason, someone on an un, uh, anonymously sent them like a case of Tim Tams, and they were just like, yeah, dig in. And it's just like, normally I wouldn't take anonymously sent food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, I did. Yeah. Because they're, they're wrapped. They're like, they would have had to really do some Yeah, work. they would really have to work to kill but, you. Uh, and if you die because of Tim Tams, I think it's worth it. They're really good. Let's talk about comedy again. Please. Okay, so you 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 went right hard. You went hard the first from the get go. I've always sensed that you're a hard worker, and I've always been impressed by that. Why? Thank you. Um, yeah, I I was sad, and it was the only thing that made me happy. And I I didn't see an alter. I don't I don't think I ever imagined I would be where I am. Um, but I just knew that I wanted to try and. I was old enough to know, I, I, so it's before podcasts, so everything that I read was like how-to books, and uh -huh. then um, a couple of books like where people talk, like Bill Maher had like a fix, like fictional book about four comedians going on oh, the road. Oh, true story, right? Yeah, so I read that, or like Sinbad had like a, like a book, or um, there was just like a couple of, uh, uh, Margaret Cho had a, a, a book about her. She started when she was 15, which was very inspiring for me. Or I had read that uh, Dave Chappelle started when he was 14. Yeah. So um, starting at 16 didn't seem so weird because I had these people that I admired that yeah. had started young. And um, I, I, I guess my dad, my dad's like a very hardworking person, but my dad was always just like, whatever you're gonna do, you have to sign your name to it. And so I, I've never really half-assed anything that I was passionate about because if somebody's gonna see it, they're gonna be like, well, Liz Mealy did this and I don't wanna be embarrassed by it. So there's a there's definitely an, an ego attached to it, which is if I'm gonna sign my name to this, if, people, if I'm gonna be attached to this work, I wanna be proud of it. And if I wanna be proud of it, I have to work hard. That's why you should make up a name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's not me. It's, is your name is your name your name? My name is actually Todd Barry. It really and is. And it's spelled the same yes, way because you know some yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not like Barry Barry Finkel yeah, yeah, no. or something like that. It's, uh, I, it seems like, it sounds very much like a fake name, but it isn't. People always called me by my full name, even in high school. Like Liz, I have people do that to me as well. Yeah, I think some people just have names that are full name saying name. like everybody now people call me like Meals. Or I get, really? I'll, yeah. ne I'll never call you that. That's okay. <laughs> but or like lizard, you know, you get that in high school. But for I the most be doing part, that as <laughs> but most part, it's it's people don't say Liz. I get Liz Mealy. Really? I get the full. I think it's because it's so short. So you you went from Asia to Australia to the South, like yeah. Was there any part of you that was like? Because sometimes I'll get an offer for something. We're like, oh, I just been home a day. I don't want to turn around and leave again. Or I'm, do you just like go for it? I'm so I'm still so scared. So I don't know. Are your summers really slow? I, you know, people have asked me that. I never, I never noticed like a, a time when things are slow or fast. I or, dip. I it's been okay the last two years in December, but I dip pretty hard in December and in July. I guess yeah. I mean, there's there is like the last week of December can be I guess yeah. road week. It's a little hard. Yeah, you? because people are you know it's yeah. all family time and stuff. And then 
July, I just feel like I'm very much on a school schedule. Like the end of June to the first week of August is just really slow for me. So I'm constantly saving up for these slow months. And then I'll have a month where I make three times as much as I need. And then I'll have a month where I barely make rent. So I'm, I never feel like I have an influx of money. I feel like I'm always preparing for another slow bout. And I don't know when it's going to be like March is women's month. And I've had, I think last March I made $300 uh-huh. and I just have to be prepared for that. And I have to, I feel like every extra money is just going towards a month that is out of nowhere, just going to be slow for me. So I have a hard time saying no to stuff. Right. I've learned over time that if it's like, you're going to drive five hours for $100 to say no. Like, I'm so tired now, and I do have some self-respect for myself that I I can say no to stuff. But if it's a good gig and it's good money or I'm working with good people, it's really hard for me to say no. Where did you go in the South? Um, Charlottesville, Virginia. That's a that's a cool place. It was I great. I think we played the same place. Oh, I think I think the, they even the mentioned Southern, your, yeah. Yeah, the Southern. It was it was awesome. It was Yeah, that's that was a lovely town. Yeah, it I was wish a, I could have stayed there a couple of days. Yeah, same. I felt the same way. I had done a theater there maybe a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. So I remembered it. There was actually an all cat store that I like stumbled into. Oh, there's and, not even one of those in New York. I know. There used to be one in uh Pennsylvania I used to go to as a kid and a friend from high school had lived there and we were just talking, <laughs> drinking coffee, passing it and I wasn't that close with her and she just saw me get so dorky excited that I was like I immediately yeah. got embarrassed. I was like, "Uh, can we go in?" cuz my gift when I was a little kid was for my birthday every year, we could go it was called Meow Meow. <laughs> what is that? This, I mean, I know what Meow is. It is a store in Pennsylvania. Oh. It was a half hour from my parents. It was called Meow Meow. It was all cat paraphernalia. Oh man. And my gift was I could spend $30 on whatever I wanted. And I still have some of this stuff from when I was like 10. Um, I had like cat rings. I was, I'm yeah. still pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so I just got really dorky when I saw it. I tried looking for it. I didn't find, I found a pet shop, but it wasn't the same thing. But I was in Charlottesville for a night. Then um, we flew to Atlanta uh-huh. and then picked up a car in Atlanta. And dro- after Atlanta, we did Athens, drove to Athens. And from Athens, drove to um, Asheville, North Carolina. And I would say Asheville was probably, we did it before me and Hurry, because this is all opening for Hurry Kundabolu. Um, we did Asheville last year or a year before, but we did, um, we did. The, I think you do a lot of rock venues, right? Yeah, I rock hard. Yeah, I could tell. Um, they're really fun and they treat you better than comedy clubs. They and are fun. There, there's a lot of, there's quite an advantage. Sometimes you have to a little, you have to school them a little bit, but yeah. they're usually open too. Yeah, but like the Orange Peel was probably one of the best experiences with any venue I've ever had. Yeah, they do a lot of comedy there, I think. Yeah, and they said they're affiliated with some comedy club that's not too far away. That's a pretty big place, huh? Yeah, I um I think if it was sold out, it would have been like four hundred. I yeah. think we were at like All almost. Seated, yeah. yeah, I think we were at like three hundred. It was a good turnout, and they yeah. were they were so good. Both the venue itself and all the staff, and then um, and a beautiful venue, and then the audience was amazing. So, I mean, I, I've opened for Hurry now on and off for over three years, and like, you know, when there's just like somebody that you're like seamless with, like I don't, yeah. I don't step on any of his jokes because we don't talk about the same stuff, but right. like the essence of who we are as people, like yeah. meshes core values. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. It. I would say that like we we share the same core values, so. It's not like I'm going up and like saying like racist or like sexist material before he talks about race and sex. Um, but I'm also that would be, that'd be a, quite a mismatch. Yeah, it would. But you know, <laughs> how many clubs do that though? Like it's almost cr- like so. The weird thing about being a female comic, and I don't know if any other female comics has talked about this, we often get paired with black male comics. Oh, really? So I don't know who started this, but either 
because it's uh, sometimes it's the request of the comic, but we are such complete opposites of black males, especially like high energy black males, that it's just a way for them not to have to do that. Like, you know, when you're like, hey, do you have any jokes about Trump? Hey, do you have any jokes? Right. Like, I've never literally never had to be like, how many cat jokes do you have? Although when I opened for you, um, I remember <laughs> you asked me that and I was like, I'm actually not doing any cat material right now. But you would probably be one of the few you and like Paula Poundstone might be the only people that I would have to be like, how many cat jokes do you have? I was, uh, yeah, I waited 31 years to write my first cat joke. Yeah, that's good. You, I feel like it's, it was like in a cocoon and you were waiting for it to blossom. Well, it's hard, you know, you get this new experience in your life <laughs> and you're like, I can't talk about it because cat jokes are hack. Well, my who's, personal experience. Who said cat jokes are hack? Some people think, some people go by premises. They'll go, like, oh, you're doing cat jokes. No one said it to me so far because my cat jokes are pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, I also don't give a shit. It's also if you're, I mean, if you're sitting there doing the difference between cats and dogs, yeah, like yeah. I mean, the, if you have a hack take on it, yeah. Right? But I think if you're talking about your unique experience, my with little your cat, fluffy head, yeah, is <laughs> unlike any other fluffy head. Then I bring her on stage, and, <laughs> and then the, the show's guaranteed. Are you going to be that person that tours with your animal? If I could get her in, I, into I, a cage, yeah, into I, a carrier. I, oh my god, I'm terrified of. I was going to tell you, have you seen all those like kind of like ads online for the backpack, the cat backpack? Uh, I have, yeah. Where it like looks like almost like a spaceship. Can you get that? I I want that for you. I can't get that, but I can't imagine. I just, I don't know. She's a she's a wild one, and she's young though. Yeah, I think, and so this is what I know about female cats and like my mom kind of told me like they're kind of they're even more like don't touch me, get away from me, I'll do what I want. Uh-huh. But as they get older, like around two. Around two or three, she'll kind of calm down. Okay. I know that sounds like it's like a weird investment. I'll, it's like I'll just book the road for <laughs> a year and a half. And I'll, and I'll ride just this be out. patient, um, and she'll come around, and she'll be great. I but mean, they're just like more protective of themselves, and yeah, like regular females, yeah, just like get away from me, and then you kind of relax, and you're like, I guess everybody's not trying to murder me. Right. It's it's weird because you just don't know. Like one minute they're like, Oh, you're curling up with me. Okay, you know me. And next, oh, you're attacking me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's the same. I smell the same, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same person. Same person. And the best is they have all those studies where they're like, do cats recognize their owners? And they're like, yes. I think they do. Yeah, 100%. They 100% know what they're doing. Like, I could even go away for a while and they come back. Oh, yeah. She just... knows who you are and she she knows that you're the one that feeds her. She knows the one that you're, th- and she'll still be like, hey, what's going on? And then she'll be like, I hate you and I hope you die. And here's. I know. Maybe I should get a second one. That, no, that sounds no? crazy. Okay, no. you're the only person who said no. Because first of all, it's like tattoos that can become very addictive. No, I don't want to be like, <laughs> uh, I mean, if I had a house, maybe I'd get five cats or something. But, uh, <laughs> like if I had like land and stuff, but I'm not. No, I, I, land, I like I how mean, you're raising. I, would, I don't even want a second cat. The only reason I'd want one is because I feel like she gets lonely sometimes. I mean, that's what I always worried about with my cat. <clears throat> I mean, I had roommates, so it was kind of like, everybody play with pasta. Like, make well, her feel at home. Uh, it's tempting to explore why you named your cat pasta, but. I mean, it's not that. I named her when I was 19 years old. I like pasta. It hurts my stomach to eat it, so I don't eat it as much. So you thought you would. Yeah, so I was passing. Name so, your cat Because I love cats and I love pasta, and then you put it together, and it's a great name. Let's be honest. Is it? Yeah, it's a great right. name. I like you. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> how I feel about that terrible name that you, that you gave your cat. Is pasta still around? She is. She's with my mom. It's just my touring schedule got so crazy, and it wasn't fair to my roommates to, like, I'd be home for, like, 
a day. Right. You'd be like, here, you take care of them for 90% of the time. Yeah. So it wasn't fair to them. So my, I gave it to my mom. She's been with my mom pretty much a year now. So she's like indefinitely with my mom right now. So I feel bad. My mom, my mom made a joke behind my back and it's, she's really funny and it's not wrong, but like she was talking to my little sister and my little sister's getting married next month. Uh And um, my mom's like, are you thinking about having babies? And my mom's not one of those moms that like pressures people. Like she had five and she's like, I didn't want any of you. But she was just like making conversation. She's like, do you think you want babies? And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, I don't know. I think maybe Liz influenced me because Liz always said she didn't want babies. And she goes, well, Liz can't have babies because she'll have them for a couple of years. They get bored of them and then give them to me. Oh, my God. That's, that's pretty funny. That is funny. She's not wrong. I mean, I, I kept it for 13 years. And now it's just I it's she's she went from having an apartment and never seeing me. And then now she's in a huge animal hospital where like she's beloved and like taken care of and she's like able to roam and she's not she stays in a hospital. Yeah, so my, my parents own an animal hospital. Okay, so right. she literally has an entire she's like we used to have them when we were younger. Um, we used to have hospital cats where oh. there was these, these cats nobody wanted. Right. And they would just roam the hospital and they were always up for adoption, but nobody wanted them. And um, I, I think the most we ever had was like four. And so pasta right now is this hospital cat and she made a friend. Did she? He got adopted, but she made a friend for like six months. Oh, and man. She's not a friendly cat to other cats, so it was a big deal, and she had a boyfriend, and it was oh, lovely. Well, they can email each other. Yeah, totally. They text. Uh, let's get back into comedy. <laughs> I'm bouncing around. I'm like, I am bouncing around. I'm, I'm like, I can't believe I barely talked to you about your Asian tour. I guess I talked to you a good amount. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about it. I drank I a lot of bubble it. tea. Um, there is, if anybody goes to Thailand. Have you been to Thailand? No, I think I'm going, though. Go to. I don't know if you're as dorky as I am. I love like like um like weekend markets and like oh yeah like flea markets oh, and handmade yeah, yeah. stuff. There's this one. I have to. I'll write it down for you because I don't know how to pronounce it. But there's this weekend market in Bangkok. And oh, I took um I took a. It's they don't call it Uber. They call it Grab in in Asia. But I took a, a Grab scooter. So like an Uber scooter. Oh yeah, that's not gonna be happening. It was awesome. So because I I only because my <laughs> flight got delayed and I ended up only having like four hours before my flight and I wasn't gonna be able to see anything and I was like I want to see something so I was like I literally like threw my bags in my hotel got and I was like am I gonna take because they had I did Italy. Um, a couple of years ago and they had this thing called Scootero or something but you had to have an Italian number but like a, an Italian guy would pick you up on a scooter hand you a helmet and take you where you wanted to go yeah. and I was like well that just sounds like the beginning of a romantic comedy um, but uh, I couldn't do it because I didn't have an Italian number so grab now you know years later um, you just have to have the app and so it's cheaper, it's faster, and I was like, what a cool way to see the city as quick as you possible. You actually drive the scooter yourself? No, 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 somebody picks you oh. up. So a guy picks you up, gives you a helmet, and I do like, I don't know if you're like this, I do like like mental research when I'm scared or I don't know what I'm doing. I don't like actually physically look things up. Uh-huh. So I'm in the taxi going to my hotel, and I go, I think I might try to take a scooter. Is this how I'm gonna die? I think I'm okay dying that way. And so now I'm looking at everybody on a scooter and I'm like, am I gonna hug a stranger? Like right. is that like I've only been on a motorcycle. Alonzo Bowden always takes me like to lunch and I always like he's the only person I trust not to murder me. Oh, he has a motorcycle. Yeah, he's a he, but he's been riding a motorcycle for thirty years. So okay. like I always feel like if we fell off he would let and he's also a giant man that he right. would just like kind of be a parachute right. and like save me. Um he doesn't know that's the expectations, but that is what the expectations are. So he's the only person I've ever trusted to be like on a motorcycle cycle but I was like I kind of want to do it it'd be a cool way to see the city I only have four hours so I'm looking 
at everybody on these scooters and I'm noticing that they're actually holding the back of the scooter. Like oh. there's these little handles right. in the back. Like nobody's actually, unless it's like their boyfriend, nobody's actually like hugging anybody. Or like if they're super pros, they're like holding bags and they're holding onto nothing. But I don't think that's who I am. So I get this thing, I hold on and I immediately, I, I think it was probably like a full body workout. Like my core is engaged. Yeah. My legs are like, my, my I'm sure I white knuckled it. And like, it was really scary. And I was like, I like street art. So I'm seeing all this cool street art, but I'm too scared to take a picture because I was like, this is how I'm going to die. Um, when we were at lights, I would like take, I was like taking selfies. I was being a. How long was this ride? Uh, 30 minutes. To the airport? No, no, no. This was, I, the, I already dropped off my stuff. This was to this, uh, um, this weekend market I wanted to okay. go see. <laughs> so then I went to the weekend market, which was amazing. It was one of the, I mean, I probably spent of twenty dollars and I bought like every souvenir you could possibly buy. Oh, and like man. not like regular souvenirs, like everything's like hand painted and handmade and all this like cool art and like, you know, I love street food like, you know, food trucks and stuff like that. It was just the best four I was on cloud nine. It was yeah. the best four hours of my life. And then I jumped on a scooter and I came back and it was they were definitely scary. And of course like there it's so much pollution that their they their faces are covered and I'm just like I definitely did not feel there's a lot of small guy took in Do in a short amount of time. Do they have a regular car type Uber over there? Yeah, they have regular car. Okay, yeah, but I'll I, be, I wanted, I wanted the cheaper, faster, might get murdered version. Yeah, I mean, you, you lived more than I will live <laughs> when I go over there. But uh, you wouldn't want to do it just for like the experience. I don't think I've ever been on a motorcycle. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, I haven't had a lot of offers. Like, yeah. hey, you want to ride on my motorcycle with me? Like, I just don't know a lot of people with motorcycles. That's true. I mean, I blatantly, when I turned 30, and <coughs> I, I've been friends with Alonzo for a while, I was always scared of them. And I just, like, I texted him. I was like, when I'm in LA, will you take me for a motorcycle ride? He's like, sure. And then of the whole time, I like, I have so much anxiety. I was like, I could just tell him I don't want to go. I don't think I want to do this. I might right. die. This is not how I want to die. But he was great. I mean, the best thing about him, and especially somebody that's been riding, like he explained everything. He's like, we're going to go in between cars. It's completely legal. I'll never like endanger you. I'm very aware. These are like, he kind of explained everything that he's doing and it made it less scary. What about um, parachuting, skydiving? Would I skydive? I think I would. Oh, I would be so scared. I would be, I would be terrified too, but I, a part of me is like, I'm not gonna do like a Groupon. Like I'm gonna go to a place You're where like pay full price. Yeah, I, I'm. I want somebody that like knows what they're doing. Right. But my my roommate just did it like two months ago and oh, like really? loved it. Oh God, I, I can't even watch videos of it. There's a part of me that's like, if that's how I die, what a cool like. That's how I felt when I was like, I'm not joking. Like that's what I was telling myself when I was on the motorcycle. I was like, if this is how I die, what a cool way to die. <laughs> did you say that when you heard? I wanted you on my podcast. Also. Yeah, I was like, what a cool way to die. <laughs> I die on. Just talking to Todd, talking uh, about cats. Well, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I hope so too. I feel safe. You, you're very safe right okay. now. Okay. Um, what, uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, okay. So you got the south. How was Athens? Georgia, a, that's a cool place. I know that. I've been there I'd, I'd never been there before. It's a cool city and the, the people who run that club are really nice. Where, I don't the Forty Watt, right? Yeah, yeah they were awesome. It's a legendary awesome. place. Yeah, they, yeah, and that's like, oh, so that's like the cool thing is like we're doing all these rock venues, and I'm like, Hurry's like a huge music buff. Uh -huh. I'm not that person. Like, I, I've, I actually was telling him yesterday about this. Like, he gets really excited about like indie bands or like you know bands coming up and like the history of bands and like he's constantly listening. Like when he's like like before like he's getting ready, he's listening to music. I'm not that kind of person. I'm on my phone looking at art. Like that's kind of how I, like I love street art and I love uh -huh. like young artists. And I, there's um, uh, 
an artist like we're I'm gonna open for him in South Carolina next month and there's one of my favorite artists on Instagram is out there and I just I've never done this before I just kind of was like hey I think you're cool do you want to come see me do comedy because we follow each other and I like retweet or like repost his stuff and he's like I was like yeah I was like if you and your wife want to come let me know and they're like sure and I was like cool I'm gonna go meet an artist person that I respect you say you uh in exchange for a plus one on my guest list bring me three works of art i didn't even ask for that i just wanted to meet him i just thought i love what he does you just he, found him online yeah I, I i don't know if i found him on etsy what's or, his name um matt wilson i think it is yeah. his you know his it's his name is there but it's his like his artwork is like air something i don't even know what it's called i just he basically takes utensils yeah and he makes them into like birds and cats and i'll show it to you they're it's amazing. It's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. And it's my favorite thing to look at. And he does these flash sales. And I always miss them because I'm always like flying. And um, Flash I, sales? Yeah, like for like for literally like one day, he'll <laughs> throw these sales up on Etsy. And then everything, I tried, I tried uh, buying one and I took too long. I looked at like two of them and they sold out like in three seconds. Imagine if Van Gogh did flash sales. <laughs> Prices are slashed. But I don't think they're discounted. It's just he makes a limited. He has a day job, right. so this is just like no. He's making a living. Yeah, I get that. But like, I've noticed like when I do these like rock venues <laughs> with Hurry, he's like talking about the history. Like I know like some of them like Nirvana played there. Like I know Nirvana, and I know like yeah. some like basic bands. But I'm not like super geeky into music like that. So Did like he's talking to the, all the different people that shared the stage, and I'm like. I don't feel like I'm not saying I don't feel anything, but I I don't. There's not this like geeky right. love where I'm like I can't believe I'm here. You, and didn't, you weren't like oh my god, REM started here. Did they show up at your, at your show? I guess the 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 ex-wife of one of the yeah, members. She owns the place. Yeah, 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 so I met She's her. Nice, she yeah. was super nice. She's super cool. Yeah. yeah. So everybody was awesome. Like the venue was great. Yeah. It was a and it's a cool vibe. I mean, there's like everybody's written on the walls, and you hear people yeah. signing stuff and. The people that work at, I don't know if you've noticed, the people that work at rock venues seem to be really like proud that they work there, but nobody's proud to work at a comedy club. Really? Well, I think, I'm, yeah, that's an interesting thing to talk. Yeah, I guess, so, so, especially that club, you know, where there's just like a there's history. history to it. Yeah. And, you know, Valina, she, you met her, right? She books it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was yeah, wonderful. Yeah, she's great. And uh, so I think there is that pride. Yeah, it's a, a con chain comedy club, especially, you're probably more likely to find just like, this is a job for me. Like it's, I think the ticket guy that started two weeks ago was like, oh my God, my favorite comics work here. But like within three weeks, they're like, this place sucks. Right. So do you, do you, do you tour many comedy clubs? Um, yeah, I would say like my schedule is probably like, I mean, it's all over the place now, but like maybe 60% doing my own thing and, and headlining. And then uh -huh. everything else is filled in by like opening for other people or um, weird, random, like corporate stuff. Corporate stuff. Yeah, I, I've, I'm talking for like this will be my second dyslexic conference that I'm uh, speaking at oh, this man. year. Um, uh, I don't even know half the weird stuff. I oh, I'm doing like um like a Jed podcast. I'm doing this podcast for um the Jed Foundation, which is like suicide prevention, mental illness awareness. So that like stuff like anything that's like mental illness affiliated, I do stuff with that. Um, yeah, I, I like. I feel I don't know if you feel the same way. I feel like this is such a selfish business, and I don't do anything to help anybody. Uh -huh. I did a benefit last night, so I can't yeah, agree with I, you. Yeah, you're an angel. Um, 
I just feel so selfish that anything that I can do that somewhat helps other people, I try to do as much as I can in that sense. Yeah, I mean, especially benefits. It's just like... Yeah, I mean, especially if they're in the city, I'm like, I'll do whatever. But like when you have to travel, like that's really the hard thing is when you have to travel and do stuff. But like a part of me is like, if I can let people know that like, you're not dumb if you're dyslexic and your brain's not broken if you have mental illness. Like anything that I can do to be like, I'm I'm messed up and I'm still doing things, it's gonna be okay. Like right. any of those kind of things I try to do as much as possible. Well, I'm gonna have a bunch, I'm gonna tell all the comedy clubs to lie and say that they're dyslexic comedy clubs. Yeah, yeah. So then you'll work free. Yeah, great, perfect. That's a good deal. Right? Yeah. That's funny. I think that's the funniest thing I've ever said on this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, let's talk, uh, okay, we talked about cats. You've t- you've helped me with my little kitten. Yeah, you've clipped her nails for you. Yeah, You're very... and we f- we figured out a system because yeah, she's crazy. Yeah, but I've I've since I farmed that out to someone else because I can't call you every time. Yeah, no, I'm busy. You also do you do that scruffy neck thing? Which I makes, know it makes, makes you so uncomfortable. Yeah, I can I, tell how much you don't like it. I feel like you have like cat care from like the, the 1940s. Okay, or... <laughs> you watch your mouth. I do that so she doesn't bite us. I know. I know. But she, but she, like, keep in mind, and I told you this, and I know you didn't like it, but I was clipping my friend's cat, my friend's kitten, and, I mean, she was just in my lap, and I was just clipping it. Like, she was fine. But yeah. yours is crazy. Yeah, mine's crazy. So she needs, and keep in mind, the scruffing, it's just extra skin. I know. It's probably, it's probably. It's not probably fine. It is fine. All right, I'll scruff her later. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'll, not saying it's I'll fun. Carry, I'll carry her from room to room. But but moms do that. Little cat moms. Like, yeah. have you ever seen like a mom cat move a kitten? They they pull it by the little scruffy thing and they carry oh, it around. Oh god, that sounds so cute. It is cute, and it's you're not harming the cat. Okay. I'm not hurting your cat. I know that. I I've know become that. very defensive. No, don't get defensive. I, I obviously you wouldn't be on this podcast. Uh, my mom's you... a cat specialist. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, I think I know what uh, I'm talking what about. What does my father do? Oh yeah, that also. <laughs> Uh, but hey, I don't know anything. Right? Yeah, but no, fine, whatever. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to plug, Liz? Um, I don't know. I have albums. I have two albums. What are your albums? Uh, emotionally exhausting. Okay. And mind over melee. Um, <laughs> they are all on the interwebs. Uh huh. Um, on all the things. Um, join my mailing list. Come see me live. Yeah, where you want to plug some shows? I don't know when this will be on, but uh. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um. I'm like, uh, if anybody's in D.C., I'm headlining in D.C. in May. Uh-huh. I'm doing some gigs in Delaware. <laughs> I don't know my schedule. <laughs> okay. You don't have to know your schedule. Um, just my website, uh, lizmealy.com. Um, I have like stuff online. I have an animated web series that I did a while ago that's I've on. I've never watched that. Oh, it's called Damaged. It's about two broken robots that are adopted by humans. Okay. Um, very proud of it. It's, um, it's my little baby. And then... Um, yeah, I have my old web series that I did with Carmen, so Apartment C3 is there. Okay. And then I'm just trying to make stuff. I'm going to be hopefully making more stuff soon. Just out there making things. Well, that sounds good. I'm glad you uh, found time for me. Yeah, no, thank you. Although, to be fair, this is going to take you beyond the next level. Oh, yeah. No, I'm ready for <laughs> just seven more Instagram followers <laughs> immediately. Uh, well, way to subtly plug your Instagram. <laughs> Uh huh. Thanks for being here, Liz. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, thank y'all at home. I, why did I do the cute little y'all thing? Thank you for, at home. We'll see you soon. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast.
We're back, everyone. Thanks to Liz Mealy. You were great. And thanks to you guys. You were great as well, I'm assuming. And go to starburns.audio for this podcast and other podcasts that are good. I'm not saying this one is good, but I guess grammatically that is what I just said. See you next time. Starburns Audio, a podcast network.